Welcome back to Detroit Strange. This podcast. That you're listening to. Welcome. Can you believe we're on episode 107 already? No. And I think, oh no, I did call it 107. <laughs> I thought I mislabeled it. That's why I was like, it's 107. Damn. Mm-hmm. That's like six whole sequels to 101 Dalmatians. It is. It is. I did finally watch Corella, by the way. Oh, what'd you think? It was, oh, first of all, just beautiful, visually oh, yeah. stunning. Yeah. Watching all the clothing and stuff. It's really interesting. Right. It's got that like punk rock edge, which is a lot of fun. I was calling it Vivian Westwood meets Alexander McQueen because it has like okay. the Vivian, West, Vivian Westwood like kind of vibe with the punkiness. But yeah. it's more Alexander McQueen palette wise. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. But I like the spin they put on the whole thing. Oh, yeah. Uh, You know, it's very different. Oh, for sure. I like that the characters are still there. Yeah. That we know. Maybe not like full throttle, but they're there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, I like don't really see how it connects to 101 Dalmatians, to be honest, but I love the story. Did you stay around for the additional scene in the credits? Yeah. Okay. And I, I saw We don't th- want to talk about it too much for anybody who hasn't seen it. Right. I saw that and I'm like, that's cute. But I, you know. I actually saw that first. Really? <laughs> Like when the movie first came out for some reason, I don't know how I ended up, but I ended up watching that and I was like, oh, interesting. Yeah. I thought it was a part of the movie. And then I forgot about it until it came on in the credits and I was like, oh, I've seen this. Okay. Deja vu. Yeah. Yeah. But no, is another friend of mine had told me to see it. And uh, hello, Brittany, if you're out there. And she had mentioned just how like visually stunning it is. And she really liked it. It is a movie too. But yeah. Yeah. It's, I liked it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Would recommend. Oh, uh, and I just love Emma Stone. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And Emma Thompson for that reason. I that love Emma Thompson. She was great in that role. She was fantastic. I have loved everything I've ever seen her in. She's just like one of those like people I'm like, she is an, a performance queen. I just actually watched another one of her movies recently with Mindy Kaling. Mindy Kaling? Kaling. Uh, Kaling. What's it called? Uh, Late Night. Oh, I remember when that came it out. It came out like a year or two yeah. ago. It's actually the second time I watched it. Because I watched it once okay. and just like over the weekend, it was just for some reason the vibe I needed. Mm-hmm. And it's good. Um, it's kind of like Hacks if Hacks was a movie. I love Hacks. It's like Hacks if Hacks was a movie and it was late night instead of stand up. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I first remember Emma Thompson from the movie Junior starring Arnold Schwarzenegger. Who is the first man to ever get impregnated? Oh uh, yeah, I heard of her. <laughs> yeah, they uh, there's there's some science that happens and some shenanigans. I can only imagine. I've never seen it, but the first movie I remember seeing her in is Nanny McPhee. Okay, I've actually not seen that. I mean, it's probably not great. I remember watching it like when it came mm-hmm. out, and like some movies are just meant to be cute. Yeah, I think I get the vibe that that's just meant to be cute. Absolutely. Yeah. She kind of plays like this, like she comes in kind of like hunchbacked one tooth, kind of like I'm here to set this house straight and whatever. For some reason, she kind of just like whenever the kids do good things or something, she loses like the hump and like she grows teeth. I don't know. Oh, interesting. Yeah. It was like, that's all I remember is like, she just like 
as the movie went on, she slowly became more human and not just like this weird. She learned to love. I think it was the children, though, because I don't think she learned anything. She was there to teach. Sometimes the teachers are the students. Yes, that is true. I'm not sure. I'd have to rewatch it. I don't know. I don't know. I'm making stuff up. Yeah. But, but yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I mean, she was great in that, but mm-hmm. the movie itself. Okay. Questionable. Fair. Yeah, fair. Also, they were like trying to marry their dad off to the maid, who was significantly younger than him. That's weird. And was kind of like an older sister almost to the children. Oh, that's weird. Yeah. Don't love that. It was Colin Firth, I think, was the dad. Okay, I do love him. Yeah, and like, this was like the early 2000s. So him, early 2000s, and then just like this 20-year-old woman they're like yeah dad marry her i mean it's colin firth though so he yeah if anyone could make it work it'd be him yeah right yeah 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 Yeah. i actually read a bunch over the weekend love that yeah weird thing is too i'm reading a book called black elk speaks it's from a sioux man okay it well it was okay he didn't speak english but in the 30s this other dude, this like poet dude went and like met with him. Yeah. And he, his son helped translate and they got like his story. Yeah. And he had grown up like during like the battle with Custer and you know, like yeah, the things you've like heard about, but I personally didn't know yeah. the actual history of, uh, he was actually cousins with crazy horse. Okay. Yeah. So, but it's, it's very interesting. He also was a medicine man. He had a like big vision that's explained and stuff like that. So I was reading about it and actually the assassination of Crazy Horse was told oh. like from his perspective. And then I started following a, a bunch of um, indigenous things on Instagram. Yeah. And I was looking up the hashtag Sue or something like that the other day. And there was, I forget what the username was, but somebody had posted a picture of Crazy Horse. Yeah. And it explained that he had died on this day X amount of years ago. I looked, it was the same day I was reading the chapter. Oh, interesting. That's crazy. Yeah. It was really, really just bizarre. But it also like felt like, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So nice serendipitous moment. Yeah. Yeah. It was my little synchronicity of the weekend. Yeah. That's fun. Yeah. I did not do any reading over the weekend. Well, (laughs) I didn't do any reading of books. I'm okay. (laughs) I'm playing a video game right now that's like part mystery, right? The it's mystery, mystery one, yeah. but it's very like visual novel based. So like, okay, a lot. It's a lot of reading for a video game. I'll just okay. say that. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, uh, there's like maybe like two spoken lines every hour, and everything else is just text. Okay. Yeah. So I've been reading in that aspect, which okay, has been that's fair. Yeah. Interactive reading. Exactly. That's what we'll call it. Yes. Which that was nice. I did. Play, I played a lot of video games this weekend, which is nice. Okay. To kind of just go ham on those every once in a while. Yeah. Yeah. No, that makes sense. Oh, I did have one other recommendation. Ooh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I did, per my aunt's recommendation, actually, start watching Only Murders in This Building on Hulu. Okay. Have you seen anything about it? No, but it sounds right up your alley. It's Steve Martin and Martin Short and then Selena Gomez 
Yeah, no, Jen, I remember like Jen was talking about this last week mm-hmm. and just like I heard those three names like what an odd combination. Cause that's like literally all the conversations. I was like walking up the stairs. Yeah. And I heard those three names. And I literally was like, what a weird combination of people. But OK. Yeah. No, but they all live in the same like upscale Manhattan, you know, yeah. apartment building. And this guy ends up dead and the police write it off as suicide but they all are listening to the same like murder podcast and they decide it's murder so then they kind of like i love that it turns into like a whodunit and there's twists and turns and it's fun actually i it was kind of on my roster but then somebody saying like oh i like it was enough that's on hulu yeah yeah and it's one of those they did like the three episodes and now it's like weekly release there's four out right now okay i might have to catch up on that because that actually sounds really good yeah it's interesting I, like, I, need, I, like it so I far. need a new weekly show because Drag Race is over until there the 23rd. Go. We are sipping on something right now. We are. Some, nice, some Crane Lake, I see. Yes, the finest quality Crane Lake. It's a beautiful crane on the bottle of wine, yes. by the way. It is wine. It is Pinot Gris. We are like the housewives sipping our Pinot Gris. Always. Yeah. <laughs> it's a versatile wine. It could be drinking wine. It could be throwing wine. It's it's pretty good. I mean, yeah. like for for I love budget friendly wines that are good. So. Oh yeah, and I haven't had Pinot Grigio in a while. It was my favorite back in the day. Oh, it's feeding time. The running of the cat. I have an automated feeder that just like spits out food twice a day for Minerva, and whenever like it's apparently eight thirty two in the evening and eight ten in the morning. <laughs> And I love it because I'll just hear the food hit the bowl and I'll share boom, yeah. like wherever my nerve is at. The little pitter patters. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's so much better when you can see her do it because like she'll just be like scratching or whatever. And the bowl, the food drops. She's mm-hmm. like, boom, just like a cloud of dust shaped like a cat where she was. <laughs> I'll be really impressed when she's there at like 831 just expecting it. Oh, yeah. When she has learned time. <laughs> yes. It's over. Sometimes pets do that. Sometimes they know it's dinner right now. That's why I keep her on her toes and give her her wet food at variable times every night because <laughs> I, it's just kind of like, mm, it's too early. It's too, okay. Now it's time for your food. Yeah. That's good. That's yeah. Good. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yes, now that we've covered wine and cats, wine and cats always. Yes. You ready for a story? I am so excited for a story. I did see a book sitting on your table. Yes. And if it's from that book, I'm excited. It is from that book, that book being The Wicked Women of Detroit by Tobin T. Book. I love these stories. They're great. And this one is no exception. So, without further ado, have you heard of a woman named Sarah Elizabeth Lewin? I do not believe so. How about Madame Legrand? I don't think so. Madame Berth? No. Madame Lavin? Madame no. Chauvin? Evelyn Elizabeth Levine? Leah Hirschberg? I love all these names. They're all the same name for the same woman. I kind of figured they're all that's like, crazy. Yeah. These are just like, these aren't even all of them, Aliases. but these are, the, these are all the alias she, that we know she used. I can't wait to hear why. Oh, this one's a doozy. Many a twist and turn. And really her past was kind of a mystery too. Cause like nobody really knew much about her before she moved to Detroit in 1917. How old was she then? Or like roughly? Like late or late forties. Oh, wow. Yeah. So she lived a life before she came to to Detroit. Okay. Yeah. So like I said, the first record of her being in the city was in 1917. She was Evelyn Lewin at the time, and she ran a lingerie shop. I almost said lingerie because I love saying lingerie instead of lingerie. (laughs) 
it's becoming a force of habit at this point where I just see that. I'm like, Lingery. Nope. That's, yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, she ran a lingerie shop on Washington Boulevard uh, until she didn't pay rent and was evicted. Okay. I mean, that will do it. Yeah. The next time she popped up was a year later in 1918 when she stole $400 worth of lace from another store on Washington Boulevard. Okay, rude. $400 worth of lace. That's a lot of lace. Yeah. I can only imagine. Especially, Especially back then. then. Yeah. yeah. Adjusted for installation, that's a shit ton of lace. Yeah. This time she was pursued by police and she attempted to throw herself from a fifth story window. Oh, wow. Dramatic. Uh, Yeah. It's kind of a theme with her. And like, as she was being dragged away, she was begging her, begging them to let her do it. Mm -hmm. Obviously, they didn't. Mm -hmm. A month after that ordeal, a Madame Berth declared bankruptcy. Interesting. Yep. In 1920, she advertised for a business partner to help fund the opening of her shop. And some poor fool by the name of Helen C. Peters answered the ad and... Lewin took her money and never paid it back. Naturally. So this trend kind of would continue. Just like different aliases racking up debts around the city. And just like another thing, like you said, like the dramatics and kind of just like she had this like an overinflated ego or like a grandiose sense of self-importance. And just like there's a passage from the book that I thought described it pretty well. So I have it here. Her business partners characterized her as a monomaniacal woman who concocted elaborate, grandiose fortune-making schemes that she bankrolled with fictionalized bank accounts and assets. If Lewin had $100, she told everyone she had 10000 Just add a couple zeros. Right. Very much her vibe. <laughs> then it's real, right? Yeah. Isn't that how it works? Oh, yeah. So you've got a pretty good idea of the schemes she's, she's working yeah. with. That was until 1921 where she... Took things a little too far, okay. in my opinion. I'm intrigued. On April 18th of 1921, she went to North Woodward Real Estate Company to purchase a house on Longfellow Avenue. Okay. The agents for the deal were a man by the name of Frank Ernst and Arthur Barkley. I don't think it's going to end well for them. Yeah, especially for one of them. Uh-oh. Yeah. Uh, she told the two that she was about to come into $200,000. Holy shit. And that she had $20,000 worth of furniture that she could use as collateral. So it being 1921, apparently she borrowed a down payment amount from Ernst. Ernest? Yeah, Ernest. I don't know why it's Ernst. Um, she borrowed a down payment from Ernest and he in turn held a chattel mortgage on her furniture. A chattel mortgage? Yeah, I had to look it up too. Okay. Um, it's basically a type of mortgage used for movable personal property. In this case... The furniture. Okay. So she borrowed the money from Ernest and Ernest was like, I'll take out a mortgage on your furniture. Wow. And then the furniture was stored in the house. Okay. Weird. I don't Messy. understand. Um, yeah. Given I don't understand real estate these days, but I have a better understanding of today's real estate versus this. Yeah. Yeah. Like all here's this furniture that kind of exists, maybe exists. I don't know. Yeah. You take out a mortgage on it. Then you give me the money. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. She made all of her payments on time and everything went completely fine. I'm sure it did. Yeah. I don't even know why I still bother with those lines. I think I they're know. hilarious. Yeah. But we all know that's not what happened. No. What really happened was she moved in and, of course, didn't make any payments and left Ernest on the hook for the mortgage on her furniture. Nice. So on May 3rd, Ernest managed to get her out of the house and into his car and took her to the offices of the real estate company while the company president went to the house in question and changed the locks. Okay. She was pissed, obviously. Mm -hmm. 
and made her displeasure known about town. <laughs> what does that mean? So multiple witnesses recall her giving threats of, quote, getting even. Oh. On May 9th, uh, six days post-eviction, she went to the Ernest residence with the intent to murder Ernest's wife and their son, Max. And Yikes. I have a, what? Yikes. Yeah. Drastic. Yeah. Again, dramatic. I mean, you lied, bitch. Right. Like, I don't <laughs> think that she this. understands that she's been doing wrong. Yeah. This was your doing, literally. Right. Like, getting even for my lie. But <laughs> so she's like, going to go murder your wife and kid. And I have a quote from Lewin about this day. It's an awful thing to say, but I went to Mr. Ernest's home the other night with the intention of killing his wife and little boy. But when I got there, my courage failed me. Courage. Um, courage. Um, her courage failed her. A few notes about that. Yeah. Um, murder isn't courageous. Um, yeah. It's a dick move. Sure is. Two days later, on May 11th, something actually tragic happened. Okay. So Max came home from school and asked his mom if he could go ride his tricycle around the neighborhood. Oh, and she no. said yes. Unfortunately, this would be the last time she'd ever see her son alive. <gasps> How yeah. old was he again? Did we it say? didn't say. He's okay. just young. Oh, I young mean, son. He's running his tricycle. Did you see tricycle? Yeah. Oh, no. Yeah. Two hours later, Max hadn't returned home and his mother, who, side note, I don't think I had a name this entire chapter, so mm. whatever her name was. Lady, what was the last name? Ernest. Lady Ernest. Yeah, Lady oh. Ernest was very worried and started asking the neighbors if they'd seen him or knew anything. And one of Max's friends saw, said he saw Max getting into a red car with a woman around 6 p.m. Oh, no. They had a pretty good idea of who the woman was. Yeah. When asking around the neighborhood, red several... Red car, too. Bold choice. Yeah. Especially back in those days. Yeah. Like, I didn't, I didn't know, know they, they made had red, red yeah. cars. I thought everything was just black and white. Because any kind of representation we've ever seen has literally just been black and white. Yeah. How? Okay, my mind is actually blown with this thought that the cars had pink colors. Yeah, not many, but I'm sure they did. Yeah. Was there blue? Were there green I like, ones? I'm. I feel like there had to have been. Those are pretty basic colors. Like now, yeah. Today's like, like metallic magenta mm -hmm. or like that's a premium color mm -hmm. you know holographic like holographic chili pepper <laughs> <laughs> they're all so ridiculous yeah given i was on like the aston martin website just like looking at cars i'll never be able to afford because i was born at that. work one manifest day. that car i don't know if i would ever want a car that I expensive never, you know no if I, I just want a car that runs yeah and functions right now i would like a car to travel in because now I just yeah. want a road trip all the time. Oh, yeah. Um, I have a lot of stickers for my future car mm -hmm. from my last trip. But yeah, I would never no. pay extra for like fanciness. Right? Yeah. Like. No shade. If a that's little your, shade to people who do, but not like huge shade. Like, it's kind of like if that's what you want to spend your money on. Cool. Not me. If you want to spend that money to get me that car. Absolutely. Slide into my DMs anytime. If you want to oh, buy yeah. an no, Aston Martin. Please get it for yeah. me, too. I will sell it and then get the car I want and then use the rest of the money to, I don't know, Do donate things. or something. Yeah. <laughs> but it was not an Aston Martin she was driving. It's just a red car. But they, several neighbors were able to identify Lewin from a photograph and place her there between 11 a.m. and 5 p.m. 
such a small window. Yeah. Just as you know. But it was after school, right? Yeah. So it would have had to have been whenever. Yeah. And like, like two the, or three or I don't know when school went to back then, but like not early. Yeah. I don't really. Yeah. Like time was a little. Not th- everybody had a timepiece. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't think I don't actually know what pocket watches and. Yeah. We're prevalence. not a pocket watch podcast. <laughs> that is a cute name for a podcast, though. Pocket watch podcast. Yeah. I don't We're know. Watching I don't pockets. actually want to listen to one about pocket watches. It's just but. no. It's not even that. It's just people asking, "What do you got in your pockets?" <laughs> or what time is it? Yeah, <laughs> it is riveting stuff. <laughs> got some lint, a gum wrapper, and a half a CVS receipt <laughs> because I couldn't fit the whole thing in my pocket. <laughs> Back to the story, though. So yes. they searched for both of them for a few days, mm-hmm. and two days later, on Friday the thirteenth. Ooh. They hadn't found either of them, but they were getting closer. Okay. They had found the boys Velocipede, as they were called back in the day. Okay. Now, I just imagine a tricycle with a Velociraptor yep. head on it. But Same. Yes. That's exactly the image that was in my head. Yep. It was like some I kind of not, dinosaur tricycle. But... Yeah. Yeah. But they found that at the intersection of Grand River and West Grand River Boulevard. Okay. And they were kind of able to, to trace steps from this point. Okay. So from that, they were able to determine that they got on a streetcar at Jefferson and taken it to Parkview Avenue. Mm-hmm. From there, they got a cab. Oh, and I did write heartbreak warning. Mm. The cab driver said the boy was crying, asking when she would take him home. Oh, no. Yeah. Cab driver, what what are you doing then? Right. You need to... See something, say something, like the airport. Yeah. Yeah. But the trail went cold on East Lennox. They were okay. like, didn't see, you know. Yeah. On Saturday, the detectives caught a break uh-huh. and Lewin when they visited a fellow milliner, which I forgot to mention. Lewin was a milliner, which means she makes ladies hats. Oh, okay. Yeah. With all that lace. Yeah. Yeah. She's making them hats. Yeah. I always remember that milliner means like hat maker because RuPaul always makes a joke where he's like, he calls him the military. <laughs> Oh, I don't know. Something he always says. I'm like military. He just means hat makers. Interesting. I've, I've never heard the term. Yeah. So this fellow milliner named Madame Roger. R-O-G-E-T. I'm saying Roger. I'm giving her the benefit of the doubt that's friends, not Rocket. <laughs> we'll go with Roger. Yeah. She said Lewin had visited her on the day before asking for $10,000. Pocket change, especially back then. Yeah. She was like, hey, I need $10,000 and I need to leave town tonight. (laughs) Not sus at all. No. Uh, Roger was obviously like, "Um, no, I can't give you $10,000, but I can get you a stay at a boarding house on Horton Avenue. Okay. So that's where she was found. What a weird trade off, though. Like, I can't get, well, I guess like she knew she needed money. So maybe she figured she needed somewhere to stay. But yeah, she needed to get out of town, but that's still in town, I feel like. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know where Horton Avenue is. I, Horton's never heard of who in my book, you know? I know there's a Horton in Ferndale. Where? Kind of by Boston Tea Room. Okay, okay. That side of town. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. Maybe that's where it was. Maybe. I don't know. I mean, like, I don't know what the city lines or anything like that were. It's not like a super long street. Yeah. It's very short, actually, but. Yeah. Maybe. Who knows? But that's where they found her, and she didn't go quietly. 
obviously, mm-hmm. because we know she's a stunt queen. After answering the door, she had a 38 re- revolver wrapped in a silk Shit. handkerchief, <laughs> and she put it to her chest, threatening to shoot herself. Oh, Which, interesting choice, you know? Yeah. But the detective named Michael Lannon was able to get the gun away from her and get her to the station for questioning. Okay. And they did not waste time grilling her ass. Like, well, yeah, I mean, it's very fairly Yeah, time sensitive. It's a time sensitive issue, too. Mm -hmm. They went at it for like five hours. Sure, she would crack, but all they got was like a half-assed alibi for Wednesday morning, like the day of the crime. The morning. The morning. Not when it actually occurred. The morning. Yeah. That 11 p.m. time slot. Or, I'm sorry, 11 11 a.m. time slot, yes. She's like, well, before I went to kidnap the child, I mean... (laughs) My pre-kidnap checklist. I got a lovely coffee. (laughs) Stopped and got a paper. I got some candy to lure the child. I mean... I mean... So, the following day, Sunday, she was going to be part of a lineup, and... She tried to destroy her hat because she thought, quote, There are lots of women in the city who wear hats just like that, and they might think that it was I because I have one. Or because you did it and you were wearing that hat that day, you milliner. Yeah, I guess they found the hat crumpled in the corner of the bathroom. They're like, oh, bitch, I I think you left your hat. But even hatless, she was still positively identified as the woman who was seen at Wildemere of the day of Max's disappearance. Wildmere being the street that the Ernest lived on. Okay. Lived on. Mm-hmm. And she knew this because she had dinner with them like a week before all this went down or like a couple weeks before. I didn't write that down, but like I remember reading that like mm-hmm. she had gone to dinner at their house. Maybe when she was getting her furniture mortgage yeah. or something. What a bitch. Right? The most damning identification though was from a foyer a four-year-old friend of Max's who said oh, the no. following when Lewin was led down the hall in front of him. There's the woman who took Max away. Oh, Yeah. Poor baby. I know. That afternoon, Detective John Dwyer, remember that name, comes up later. Okay. John Dwyer was able to get Lewin to admit that she took Max from Wildmere and rode the Jefferson Avenue streetcar to the end of the line. She did, however, state that she did not harm him. That seems like a lie. Yeah. So on Monday, May 17th, while playing in a field between Ellsworth and Avondale, two boys aged 12 and 14 came across a shallow ditch with some shoes sticking out of it and possibly some ankle skin. It's real shallow. Yeah. Dang. I mean, like, not that I want it to be deep. I'm right. happy that, that she just didn't try found. very hard. Yeah, but oh, it was Jimmy Hoffa. Oh, that makes sense. I mean, and time doesn't I, exist anyway. It's right. Like, we're not actually on, you know. Time is a construct. Time is a construct. It all exists and nothing exists at the same time. So. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm going to give a warning. They have some gruesome details. So just like fast forward a bit if you don't want to hear. Mm-hmm. That's a nice feature. I've realized that podcasts have that you can like fast forward like 30 seconds. Towards the book oh, I do it all the time. Oh, yeah. So his face was. He was buried face down under some leaves and weeds. Like not even dirt. They kind of. Sh- covered him in weeds and shit. She couldn't get dirty. Yeah. His face was covered in patches of bruises. Oh, no. And there were three circles on his forehead that indicated stop marks from a high heel. <gasps> yeah. Are you fucking kidding me? No. 
I was expecting at least like, I mean, like this isn't good either, but I was expecting like poison or something like it's yeah, slightly less monstrous, animalistic. Yeah. Just that's disgusting. And it doesn't stop there. Unfortunately, he had been gagged with a piece of sod and the cause of death was determined to be asphyxiation caused by strangulation. And on his shirt, they found a single steel gray hair that was four to five inches long. I'm assuming she had gray hair. Mm -hmm. Okay. She was a woman in her 50s in 1920. I don't think they had much diet back then. I don't know. No, but I mean, like some people don't necessarily want some. I mean, like general people do. Although I have heard recently a copper rich diet. Ooh. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Like. Not spirulina. I don't know. There's some other crap too. Yeah. But yeah. For me, I don't care what color it turns as long as it stays on my head. Yeah. No, no, no. That is different worries for me though. The bigger thing. Yeah. I mean, it shouldn't be though. I do actually love though that there is like a stronger movement for, for people. Yeah. uh, For people going gray right now. Like, and that has become beautiful. Like there's like a lot of like, um, engagement with it. And yeah. There's people who dye their hair silver on purpose because I almost did that. It looks nice. It does. So now we're going to get to the trial. Okay. The trial of the people v. Elizabeth Lewin that started on June 15th of 1921. Okay. She was determined fit to stand trial by a psychiatrist by the name of Dr. A.L. Jacoby, who had the following to say on the matter. Mrs. Lewin fails to demonstrate to me any evidence that she is suffering from any of the acquired insanities. Her history as given to me indicates that she has an unusual and peculiar personality, and at the present time she is suffering from a psychoneurosis of the hysteric type. I feel that she must be regarded as responsible for her conduct in the accepted sense of that term. Okay, I love that she's being held responsible. Do not like the use of the word hysteric just yeah. because... We know what that led to later. Yeah. The whole women are crazy for the uteruses. Right. Uterusi. Those darn women with their lady parts. Mm -hmm. Their lady pouches. Yes. Um, So the trials went on as trials do. And I do have a quote from the accused that she said to the jury. I didn't do it. I wouldn't do it any more than anyone else in this courtroom. There's no one in this room more guiltless than I am. I thank God they can't take my soul. I told Mr. Ernest I believed the Bible injunction, an eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth, but I never did anything. Okay, so her defense is, I didn't do it because you didn't do it? Basically, yeah. <laughs> like, she's, you know. All right. She may be a milliner by trade, but she is spinning a tail right now. Mm-hmm. So three days later, on Saturday, June 18th, the jury returned after just an hour and three minutes of deliberation. Mm-hmm. They found her guilty, and she was sentenced to life in prison. Okay, good. But that is not the end of the story, unfortunately. Oh, wow. There's still a little more. Okay. So she was sent to the Detroit House of Correction. Call back. Mm-hmm. Can never How remember many what? times have we mentioned that now? Quite a few, and I yeah. think it is mostly because of this book. <laughs> so in the Detroit House of Corrections, it was... Pretty chill for the first two years, but then something strange happened in 1924. So, like three years in, the guards heard banshee-like screams coming from Lewin's cell. Oh no! Moans and other sounds were kind of normal because 
everybody's miserable. And, yeah. Yeah. When the guards got there, again, gruesome. Fast forward if you don't want to hear it. Lewin was on top of another inmate and had <gasps> pummeled her until her face looked like, quote, a pulpy mass of raw meat. Oh, no. Yeah. This woman, she's got something going on. Yeah. There's something about Lewin. <laughs> and not good. An even weirder twist of fate, uh, a few weeks later, the Supreme Court had reversed its conviction, stating that the prosecutor had stepped out of bounds when attacking her character in his closing statement to the jury. So she got a I mean, retrial. Like, and cl- oh, yeah. Gosh, okay. Luckily, the sequel was not nearly as good as the original and kind of just like nothing really changed. She okay. was declared guilty. It, they took the same amount of time deliberating, though. An hour and three minutes. They meant sure to mention oh, that in the book. Weird. Yeah. And again, was sentenced to life in prison. The only thing th- that I would have hoped would have changed is that they would have seen it, seen the need for like psychiatric care. Yeah. In the situation. I mean, I don't I don't have a good answer or anything for that. But like it 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 seems like there there was yeah. definitely something going on that was unassessed. Yeah. But that is not the end of our story. We have one last twist. Oh, wow. So John Dwyer, I said, remember him. Yes, remember him. He was a detective. Yeah. He got Lewin to confess taking the boy and mm-hmm. where she took him. Well, after that trial, the first trial of Lewin, he decided to change careers and become a bank robber. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. He was caught and it was in prison himself when it came time for Lewin's second trial. Mm-hmm. So apparently it wasn't that good of a bank robber if he got caught no. pretty quickly, it sounds like. You would think an ex-detective would like... Be decent at be that. Be better, you know? yeah. yeah. He wasn't. Um, so he was caught, went to prison himself. And he was actually coming down from Marquette, which I guess there must have been a prison up there at the time. I didn't actually Oh, there's a big it. prison. Yeah, yeah, oh, okay, yeah, yeah. We've talked about it in past episodes. Um, That's what I thought, but I really couldn't remember for sure. I think it's... Possibly still operational. I know it was in like the 70s, 80s. Uh, yeah. I know in the uh, the Jan Alcanti episode, yeah. John Lucky Fry had a stint there. Oh, okay. Possibly that was a, his final place or something. So it's it's a pretty uh, well-locked down facility. From it makes sense. It's pretty remote up there too. Yeah. But anyway, so he was coming down from Marquette from that prison mm-hmm. that we now know exists. Yes. So he came down to testify and while in custody at the new escape proof police headquarters, he escaped. Mm-hmm. I guess they were like really touting that this new headquarters, like it's escape proof. Nobody could possibly. And, and then he's he like, like bitch, bye. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he was recaught, but it was after the second trial had wrapped. So he didn't get to add anything then. But in 1932, so, 11 later, years after yeah. the crime had happened, mm-hmm. he decided to repudiate, nope, repudiate? I don't know, de- deny the validity of his testimony. Oh, wow, he took it back. Yeah, he's like, take backsies, um, <laughs> as, that's the new legal term, take backsies. Yep. Mm-hmm. Take backsies his testimony, and he said that he had found witnesses that could have supported her alibi, and also that he committed perjury, which is lying on the stand. Yeah. I, didn't, I knew that one. And when he was testifying against her. But why, sir? Why would you have done that? Right. And why admit to it 11 years later? He but wanted to get in her pants. Do you think? Maybe he had a thing for an older gal. Mature woman. 
mature woman. Crazy shit. <laughs> so he take back to his testimony and everything. Oh, but was this enough to clear Lewin's many names? No. Well, it made it all the way to the then governor Wilbur M. Bruckner's desk. Oh. He, however, did not think it prudent to issue a pardon based on the word of a cop turned bank robber. It's a fair assessment. Yeah. Much better than some of the other governors we have read about in this podcast that are just like, yeah, yeah sure, turn it over. Why not? It's been real, like, up and down in Michigan's history as far as governors. Like, it seems like there's, like, there's definitely been some, I'm not going to say great ones, but, like, positive yeah. ones. It, it's, ro- it's a real roller coaster. And maybe yeah. this is true in every state, but I don't. I don't know their states. No, I know this like, one. Like, we know this one. Yeah. So. The end of her story, in 1940, after almost 20 years in prison, Lewin reportedly told her friend the following. I am not going to die. I just can't die until I am vindicated. I know there is a power of justice which will reveal the truth about me before I die. She's trying to manifest? She died two days later at the age of 72. (laughs) She's trying to manifest and basically universe said, no bitch. Like, you know the truth. We all know the truth. Die, bitch. Yeah. So she died. I mean, she was 72. So. What an odd time to say that. Yeah. So that is the story. Pay attention to her case when she was 72. Right. No. No. That's the story of Sarah Elizabeth Lewin, Madame Legrand, Madame Birth, Madame Love, and Leah Hirschberg. <laughs> All the names she used. Oh, fantastic. Yeah. What a roller coaster, right? Yeah. So many twists and turns. M. Night Shaman is sitting home shook. Yes, yes. And it, it was a different time period, so it was easier for people to fabricate things, yeah. like make things up, make up documents, names, like whatever. You could change yeah. your name like just by changing your name. Right. But I'm just amazed right, at how much it was done. Oh, yeah. It's weird because there's, until she murdered a small child, there was like some respect for her just like walking in and being like, I want this, I'm going to... I'm going to lie to the men folk and make it happen. Like to a certain extent, like, yeah. like, okay, I can't totally hate on that. Then you, you murdered a little child and now I really fucking hate you. But yeah. Like it was just interesting. Like it was so like, it was just like such a drastic jump from, you know, like fraud to murder of a child. Yeah. I, I legitimately can't understand how somebody's brain can do that or handle that. It just, I mean, murder in general. Yeah. No. Yeah, I'm fine. You add child into it and it just becomes. Tragic. 10 times more. You know what I mean? Like, it's it's terrible. But then why? Like, the kid did absolutely fucking nothing to you. It's because, right. it's because you were too much of a pansy to go after the adult that you were mad at. Right. And not that that's good either, but what the fuck? Right. Leave the in it. I mean, they were all innocent. They were all innocent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You literally lied and they caught you. They, they caught you in your lie and then you're like, I'm going to murder somebody now. Like, I'm going to get even by killing his child. I my- lied. <laughs> Let's kill his child. I'm going to get even that you didn't fall for it. Yeah. Yeah. So a piece of work for sure. Yeah. Well, interesting story. 
Yeah. I definitely never heard it. I'm guffawed. Yes. Well done. Thank you. Yeah. So I guess in return, would you like to play a game? I would love to play a game. Good. So this comes from a mental floss. We love a mental floss. A little bit of Wikipedia thrown in here too, just to like. Yeah. Because I got interested and something went down at the whole thing. Our Two Truths and a Lie this week is about Freddie Mercury. Love it. Yeah. So I know you've seen Bohemian Rhapsody, so hopefully I chose. Yes. Uh, so I know you know a little bit about him. Yes. But. Number one, he first met Elton John as a teenager pre-fame. Okay. Number two, he was an avid stamp collector. Okay. Number three, he once went by the stage name of Larry Lurex. I'm going to go with number three. Number three is true. Uh, It was an early stage name of his. Later, he went on to say it was a personal piss take of Gary Glitter, who is a person he did not like. Uh He released one single under the name Larry Lorax, which went on to bomb on the charts. But Queen's debut album was released a week later, so that didn't really matter. Okay. For some reason, I feel like the stamp collecting is true, so I'm going to go with number one. Number one is the lie. Uh, That was actually Bowie. Okay. Yeah. So Bowie and Elton John did meet as teens. They actually geeked out over music. That does make sense. Yeah. But then later in life, they kind of drifted. And I guess the last like four decades before uh, Bowie passed away, they weren't close. And That's fair. You don't have to be friends with everyone, but yeah, Um, interesting to see what happened there. But Freddie Mercury and Elton John did eventually meet in the mid seventies because they had the same manager. Oh, okay. Yeah. And that led to collaborations and a strong friendship between the two. And he loved to give his friends drag names, which is super fun. Yes. So Elton John was known as Sharon. Yeah. Rod Stewart was Phyllis. Perfect. And he referred to himself as Melina. And Elton John received a painting from Mercury after his death with a card that read, quote, Dear Sharon, I saw this at auction and thought you would love it. I love you, Melina. Oh, I love that. Oh, I know. Um, So the stamp collecting is true. He collected stamps from Zanzibar, the UK, New Zealand, and Monaco. His childhood collection album is actually one of the few things his family kept after he passed away. Uh. Eventually, the British Postal Museum took over ownership of the album around 1993, and they would sometimes lend it out for exhibits and stuff. Cute. Yeah, and then, of course, I've got some fun facts. There's a lot of them because... It's Freddie Mercury. Freddie Mercury, yeah. So he was born in Zanzibar. Really? Yeah. And it was in an area called Stonetown, now Tanzania. Okay. And in his childhood, the family lived between Zanzibar and India before they eventually moved to Middlesex, England, where he spent his teenage years. But his actual childhood was not in England. So his birth name was Farouk Bulsara. I knew that. Yeah. I believe that's in the movie. It sure is. And he adopted the name Freddie when he was attending St. Peter's, which is a boarding school for boys near Mumbai. Okay. Around 1970, he went to legally change his name to Freddie Mercury. And yeah. that's when Queen was formed. So he and his family practice Zoroastrian. Okay. Have you ever heard of this? I have not. Me either. This is where Wikipedia came in. So it's one of the world's oldest, oldest monotheistic religions. Interesting. While in adulthood, he wasn't really practicing on a regular basis. His funeral was performed by a Zoroastrian priest. Uh-huh. It's also called 
and I'm trying to say these words as best I can, but it's also called Mazdeyasana. Okay. And it's based on the Iranian speaking prophet Zoroaster. Interesting. So the religion itself centers around a duals, a dualistic quality of good and evil existing simultaneously. Uh-huh. And an eschatology, eschatology, which is basically like the final result of everything. Uh-huh. And uh resulting in the conquest of evil by good. Okay. So good will eventually overcome evil. Uh, the religion looks to a benevolent deity of wisdom called Ahura Mazda, which translates to wise Lord. Okay. And it's um, uh, as its supreme being, it was possibly founded in the second millennia BC and uh, entered written history around the fifth century BC. Because of this, it may have led to an influence over many modern-day monotheistic religions. Interesting. Mm-hmm. That's so cool. Yeah. In 2012, it was estimated there were somewhere between 110,000 and 120,000 Zoroastrians, mainly living in India, Iran, and North America today. But as a whole, it's been on the decline. I feel like most religions are, though. I yeah. I, I mean, I would I would definitely agree with that. But this one is just I, I've done, I've never heard of it. So it was yeah, like, no, that's interesting. interesting. That's why I had to head over to Wikipedia. Uh, got some more though. Ooh, he yes. had four extra teeth. I knew that. Mm-hmm. And Big so old that's mouth. Kind of what led to his overbite that was kind of became iconic. He didn't ever want to mess with it because he was afraid it would like ruin Change his, his voice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So he also worked, and you're going to know this from the movie too, I believe. He was a baggage hang- handler at um, Heathrow. Yep. And in honor of his 72nd birthday, several of British Airways Heathrow baggage handlers took time out of the day on September 5th, 2018 to participate in a choreographed tribute to him. I love that. I know. Uh, His headboard was actually a piano keyboard. I knew that, too, because he would like reach up behind him and like when he had ideas, Mm -hmm. he would play. Yeah, he was double jointed. What a a guy. And John Reed, his former manager, says that he thinks that's where some of the passages of Bohemian Rhapsody actually started. Interesting. Mm hmm. He could sing in almost four full octaves, which is very impressive. Yeah. Uh, for reference, Mariah Carey claims five. Yeah. So like a huge range. And in 2016, scientists actually studied his vocal recordings and found that they move faster than average. So a typical vibrato, so like vibrations, in yeah. an average voice fluctuates between 5.4 hertz and 6.9. And he was registering in around 7.04. Okay. Mm-hmm. He actually designed the Queen crest or logo, whatever you want to call Love it. Love it. He, before music, he actually obtained a degree in art and graphic design from Ealing Art College. Nice. Yeah, I had no idea. Yeah. His design for the band was created by using the Zodiac signs for each band member. So like two Leos for John Deacon and Roger Taylor, a Cancer Crab for Brian May, and two fairies to represent his own Virgo sign. And then obviously the Q and the Crown for Queen. Right. And finally a Phoenix was added to protect it all. I love that. Yeah. So he was, and this part didn't really surprise me, but I just want to throw it in. He was actually very shy. Yeah. And he didn't like to rest. He found like reading to be a waste of time. And he knew people would take offense to that, but it's just how he felt. Yeah. And he would often though, on the reverse side of that, throw very lavish parties. So Mm -hmm. like birthday parties would last for days and they might involve everything. So like flamenco dancers, fireworks, $50,000 of champagne, uh, snake charmers, 50 dead trees. Right. But in 19, his actual 1987 birthday party, 
was in Ibiza and it was so epic that the hotel still celebrates it every year now. I love that. Mm -hmm. He started writing Bohemian Rhapsody in 68. So two years before Queen was formed. I love that too. Yeah. Um, He was still in art school, art college when he got the idea and he referred to it as quote, the cowboy song because it reminded him of like an old West feeling kind of like Johnny Cash. Yeah. He also once performed with the Royal Ballet. Oh, interesting. Like yeah, as a dancer? Yeah. Well, Love kind it. of both. He, in late 1977, he was a surprise guest for a charity event. He sang and like, dan- and they danced to Bohemian Rhapsody. And his appearance included costume changes, vocal gymnastics, and he still performed several of the lifts and high kicks alongside the ballerinas. Perfect. Uh, crazy Little Thing Called Love was written in a bathtub whilst taking a bubble bath at a Hilton Hotel in Munich, Germany. And it was inspired by Elvis's music. He said it took about five, ten, five to ten minutes to write. There are just some people I know. who are too talented. I know. I know. But it also makes sense because like that's more of a catchy kind of song. And like I don't know it to be honest. Anything called love. Just can't handle it. This thing called like, Oh know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Crazy little thing called love. Yeah. I never made the Elvis connection, but now that it's like put on paper and I read it, I was like yeah. Boom in my head. No, like, for makes sure. Total sense. So he and Princess Diana were actually friends. I love that. Didn't they go to a leather bar together? They did. This is that's what this is about. So they hung out, but they did go to it's called Vauxhall Tavern, which is a well-known gay bar in South London. I'm assuming I tried to go there when I was in London, but I was like too chicken shit. And I didn't for some reason I just went to like the, the neighborhood of Vauxhall and I was like, it's gonna be gay. And then I went there and I was like, Oh, it's just office it's buildings. Just the one I gotta place. go home. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but to help Diana keep a low profile, there was a group of them, like four or five of them went and they put her in an army jacket, a cap and some sunglasses. But before they went out, they actually spent the afternoon watching any guesses together. Oh, what year was it? Do we know? Um, or when I'm going to go with eighties, but I don't know the specific. Okay. They were watching a show together. Mm-hmm. Is it British? No. Okay. Is it the Brady Bunch? No. That's. <sighs> I don't know why I guess Brady Bunch. That I don't would know be either. The case. Yeah. That's not the vibe. Even no, kind of. But if you're guessing Brady Bunch, it might be a second before you guess the show. Um, cheers. Uh-uh. Okay, one more guess. Like later 80s, like 90s. 80s, 90s. It's not the Dining Woman, is it? No, but you're closer with that. Okay. You get one more guess. Was it Golden Girls? Yes. Yes! Uh, so they hung out watching Golden Girls all afternoon together, except for they turned the volume down and then they did their own dialogue. Oh my God. I Isn't that love the sweetest thing you've ever heard? So much. Mm-hmm. Um, there was actually though, there was an asteroid named after him. Oh, love that. So in 2016, I'm sorry. In the year he passed an asteroid formerly known as 17473 had also been like discovered. Yeah. And in 2016, it was renamed Freddie Mercury. It's currently in orbit in an asteroid belt between Mars and Jupiter. Just where he'd want to be. Yeah. I am looking at Minerva right now, though, because he loved cats. He owned as many as 10 at one point. Oh, my God. That's too many. Yeah. He wrote a song called Delilah for his favorite kitty. Oh, <laughs> most of his friends were rescues with the exception of one who was purchased a gift for him yeah. by his former fiance. Oh, I know her. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And we'll mention her in the next Personally. One. I know her personally. Oh, wow. No. 
She's a rich lady from what I hear. I'm not shocked. She got a lot of his estate uh, because they were also just like lifelong friends afterwards. But anyway, the other names or I'm sorry. So Tiffany was the purebred that he received as a gift. The other names that were Tom, Jerry, Miko, Goliath, Dorothy, Lily, Oscar, Romeo, and then, of course, Delilah. Love it. You know, Uh, the location of his ashes is unknown. Uh, Love that, too. mm -hmm. And basically the former fiance turned lifelong friend, Mary Austin. She told the publication Daily Mail that Mercury was concerned more about what would happen to his remains after his passing because people are insane about celebrities more than actually passing away. Right. Like towards the end. And for two years after his death, his remains were in his home and then they became her property after that. And she has, in his honor, refused to ever disclose what became of the, what has become of them and has vouched to never do so. I love that. Yeah. That's a true hoe. It's a yeah. true friend. No, life companion. Yeah. Like, sometimes we'll meet life companions that are romantic and sometimes we'll just meet life companions that are life companions. Yeah. And both of them are beautiful in their own way. But like, for sure, you you can have and you can have one of each. Yeah. Like, you can definitely have one of each. And I think that's really awesome that they had that relationship as i mentioned i didn't write this part down but like she did inherit like a lot of his estate upon his passing so i mean like they were tight and love that yeah i just it it came up i just i was like i don't know what to do my thing on i went to mental floss it was like one of their tough things and i was like fascinating and then i just couldn't stop reading it yeah (laughs) i was like i i just what a human yeah I think that pretty much wraps us though. Yeah, I think we are wrapped like an episode of the Golden Girls. Yes. We've all um we've all learned our lesson. We've eaten some cheesecake. Yes. We sat down at the kitchen table. We've heard about Olaf. Yes. Heard about St. Olaf, Sicily. Uh is many. Bar. Yes. Many bedroom the partners. The, the sailors at the piano bar. Yes. And and Daddy, big daddy. She loves a gentleman in a uniform. And the sow. And the sow. Yes. Uh, Ruby Clanahan, what a treasure. All of them. All of them. All of them. I can't be, well, I mean, I don't click through TV. We rarely click through TV, but if I'm in a place like a hotel or something and I'm clicking through TV, Golden Girls is on. I'm stopping. That's, That's a solid stop show. Like every time. The last time I was clicking through a TV was at a hotel and I ended up on Crazy Rich Asians, which I think is a pretty solid find. I've never seen it, but I know. Really? That, yeah, yeah. We've talked about this before. I know. Yeah. I'm just still shocked. I just hasn't, I haven't had TV for one thing. Fair. Um, but back to wrapping it up. Yes. <laughs> we are back to wrapping. If you want to find us on our social media, at Detroit Strange on Instagram and Twitter, Detroit Strange on Facebook, and our email address, DetroitStrange at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. All those things. And if you want to help support the show, we have our Patreon. Look yes. up Detroit Strange. We also, you can give us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. That really helps us out. It's free. Just do it. Yeah. And I think other than that. Stay. Oh, oh. Until nope. next time. Nope. nope. Okay. Until next time. Stay, Stay strange. This has been a production of Planet Ant Podcast, powered by Pinecast. Our theme song was recorded by Detroit's own Sex and Violence.
see, I knew something was missing, but I didn't know what it was no, for some sorry, reason. Sorry. I was just like, oh no, I'm late. I'm late. We've for got a very it. important date. No time to say hello. Goodbye. I'm late. I'm late. I'm late. I know that's Alice in Wonderland. Yes. It's the white rabbit. Yes. 